It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Guilty as charged. It is a numbers game on a Friday morning. Good Friday morning to you. It's Gil Alexander, as the man said. Right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, and of course, iHeartRadio. Lot to get to today. Oh, Jason Kahn is here as well. Hello, Jason. How are you? Good morning, Gil. How are you? Uh, I don't want to gloss over you. Jason makes it all happen. I don't uh, feel glossed over. Okay. Lot to, lot to talk about here today, uh, including the Preakness, the second leg of the Triple Crown. Uh, we'll do that with uh, Flatter, Fornital, and Felica. How about that? Ron Flatter. Uh, Peter Fortital, Chris Felica will join us to talk the Preakness uh, momentarily and maybe some un- undercard bets, if you will, uh, this weekend. We'll also talk to uh, Ed Stanko and Vinny later, Vinny Maliulo to uh, close out the show, as always. Mark Borchard on baseball, Paul Carr on uh, Premier League. There's also a uh, there's also a, uh, FA Cup as well that he's got to uh, give us a pick on. We'll do that. Uh, and I know Chris has, uh, Chris Felica, that is, has hockey picks as well, soccer picks of his own. Did I cover it all? Yeah, loaded show. Um, before we get to Flatter for Natal and Felica and talk uh, about the Preakness, though, which is obviously a race under a cloud of controversy, we'll uh, update that as well. Uh, real quick, let's do NBA first, because I just want to update, here we are, the final stretch of games, the final three days of the NBA regular season, the truncated 72-game regular season. As you look to the card tonight, because there are eight games tonight, just some things you ought to know in terms of uh, motivation. What we, what we learned last night, the only thing that got clinched last night in the NBA beyond what was already clinched, is the Celtics are now locked in to the seventh position in the Eastern Conference. That happened by virtue of the Hornets' loss last night. Uh, the Hornets losing last night to uh, the L.A. Clippers. So Boston is locked into seven they will play in the 7-8. They will host the 7-8 play-in game. In the West, we learned that San Antonio is now locked into the number 10 position. So they uh, back their way in. They lose last night uh, and lose to the Knicks. So they, though, get there. They still clinch a playoff berth by virtue of Sacramento's loss to Memphis. All right. So we learned the Celtics are 7 in the East. We learned that San Antonio is locked into 10 in the West. As far as tonight's uh, game goes, games go, I should say, a uh, lot of big spreads. Washington hosts Cleveland. They're nine-point favorites. Washington right now in the 10th spot. They are not mathematically clinched yet because Chicago won last night. So, again, Chicago does have to win their last two games. The Wizards would have to lose their last two games for the Wizards to get knocked out. But means the Wizards have to play uh, and try to win this. And the Wizards still have a shot at getting to the eight position which would mean potentially one play-in uh, one play-in game as opposed to potentially two. All right, uh, game two tonight: Utah at Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City still trying to get to their season win total. Utah still trying to clinch the number one seed because Phoenix is breathing down their necks. They're fourteen and a half point favorites on the road. Orlando at Philly. Philly thirteen and a half point favorites at home. They're trying to clinch the number one seed still in the East. Denver's at Detroit. Denver right now. Uh, entrenched at number four in the West. They could get to three still. Uh, They're one game behind the Clippers. Now, does that matter to them? I don't know, but they're 10-point road favorites. Clippers are at Houston. The Clippers are 12-point favorites. Massive double-digit spreads throughout the NBA tonight. The Clippers, as I mentioned, are in third. They could fall to fourth, as we just mentioned. They also could get up to second. If they win out and Phoenix loses their last two games, 
the Clippers would get the tiebreaker, they would win the Pacific Division, and they would get the number two seed. They cannot get to the number one seed. Three more games tonight. Sacramento at Memphis. Memphis, this actually matters for the Grizzlies because right now they're in ninth. In Actually, no, it does not. Let me, let me uh, redefine what I was just saying there. So these two games, these last two games, Sacramento at Memphis and New Orleans at Golden State. Let me backtrack on that. Memphis is a, and this is what you have to know for tonight's handicapping. Memphis is a six-point favorite hosting Sacramento. Golden State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite hosting New Orleans. Neither of those games matter to Memphis or the Warriors. Now you're saying, wait a minute, but both of those teams are trying to get to the 7-8 for a play-in game. Remember, it's Dallas, Portland, and the Lakers in a scrum to avoid seven, but the Warriors and the Grizzlies are in a mano-a-mano to get to eight. But neither of these games matter tonight, even though the Warriors and Grizzlies are tied, because those two teams, the Warriors and Grizzlies, play this weekend, and no matter what happens tonight, that game will be for the tiebreaker. So, again, if one team loses and one team wins tonight, it doesn't matter because the game Sunday, if the loser tonight beats them, they win the tiebreaker. Gil Alexander, this is a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, and, of course, iHeartRadio. So, again, tied now, but it doesn't matter tonight. Only the Grizzlies-Warriors game this weekend will matter on Sunday, which, in essence, will be a play-in for the play-in. A play-in to try to get to the first play-in of 7-8. The loser would be in the 9-10 and hosting the Spurs. The only other game tonight, Toronto-Dallas. It does matter for Dallas. Dallas holds all tiebreakers right now with Portland and with the Lakers. Right now, they're in the fifth spot in the Western Conference. Again, trying to avoid seven. Dallas in the best position after Portland lost late last night to Phoenix. By the way, Phoenix does it with two free throws from Devin Booker with .9 left on the clock last night. Uh, he was fouled, apparently. It withstood replay. I never really saw the foul. But Phoenix gets it done. Portland loses. So that's the story in the NBA. Uh, and again, the big thing to note is, doesn't matter. Memphis and Golden State, no motivation tonight. They could sit all their players. It does not matter. Only the game this weekend matters. Let's shift it to the Preakness, the second leg of the Triple Crown, and let's bring in the promised trio. Ron Flatter from Horse Racing Nation in Louisville, Kentucky. Good morning to you, Ron. Well, I'm actually in Baltimore, you know. I'm oh, actually in I'm the- sorry. That's right. Of course you are. For- <laughs> of course I And I'm at Shay IHOP right now. So just, you know, oh. help with your language. Adding intrigue. And then uh, do we have Peter? Peter Fortital? Do we have Peter? Peter Fortital. Peter, where are you? Oh, I'm in the Brooklyn bunker, Gil. I didn't make it down to uh, Baltimore this year, so it's a, it's a home game for me. Are those vinyl records behind you, or are those magazines? What are those? Uh, as an old DJ, as an old yes. broke down DJ, like yourself, yourself like myself, <laughs> you should recognize those right as way right away as uh, old school LPs, my I friend. I love it. I love it. And then, of course, from ESPN's College Game Day Daily Wager, the Stanford Steve of the Bear podcast, it's Chris Felica, the Bear. How you doing, Chris? Chris, I just wanted to pause. I have to. I, I just wanted to pause to give you a, a little bit of concern that I wasn't there for a minute. So, but keep, 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 keep you on the edge of your seat. Thanks so much. I appreciate. You're welcome. That's very kind of you. Actually, let's start with you since you did that. Um, any bets on uh, before we get to the Preakness itself, the undercard, if you will, either today or tomorrow? Yeah, I have one today and one tomorrow uh, that I like. And uh, you being a, a movie buff, I'm, I'm sure we'll appreciate uh, the horse that I like today uh, in uh, in the um, in the 11th race, the Hilltop Stakes, uh, the number one horse, Tracy Flick. I'm going oh. to vote for her. 
There I, you go. You like that? Tracy Flick is an election reference, right? Absolutely. I love that. They're, 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 they're very good. But, um, but, but this horse, I think a lot of betters are going to look at her past performances and notice that she's still technically a maiden who was running in a stakes race. She's trained by Shug McGahee, ridden by Joel Rosario. Uh, she was disqualified from first in her debut, which she wanted three to one as the favorite. Then in her second race, she had another winning effort, uh, just got beaten by a nose. However, it was disqualified and placed seventh behind a horse that she interfered with uh, at the start. So uh, this is her third career start. Technically, she has not won a race, but uh, I think if you're looking at this race uh, with favorite being the number five horse bubbles on ice, uh, I think this is a spot where you can potentially look for a little bit of value and maybe uh, get a little bit better than that six to one morning line, being that I think people will just overlook her seeing that for, oh, she's made it. There's no way that she, she can't win this race, but uh, I think this is a very talented, classy homebred by Joseph Allen. I think she has a, a big shot today at, uh, at six to one. Okay, and then tomorrow? Tomorrow, the race before the Preakness is um, uh, another turf race. Uh, I believe it's called the Dinner Party right now. And the favorite in there is the, uh, the number five horse, Sacred Life. And Sacred Life is a horse who is trained by Chad Brown. And the horse is really whatsoever. The horse is really pace contingent on there being a very fast pace in this race. And I just don't see it. Uh, I think the one horse, I'm like a hot brown, will obviously go to the front. And, and I'm not sure who else is going to go to the front. Maybe the other uh, Chad Brown horse will, will go to the front, maybe Flying Scotsman. But, but I like the horse on the outside, uh, the number eight horse, Bye Bye Melvin, um, ridden by John Velasquez and trained by Graham Motion. Uh, this horse was just beaten uh, by midnight tea time in his, his first start off of a a long layoff should be close to the to the pace and kind of like that first stalking group and I think he's going to get the jump on Sacred Life and, and at that morning line of ten to one hopefully we'll get something close to that that's another uh, uh, play that I will be making tomorrow so uh, bye bye Melvin tomorrow in, in the in the dinner party prior to the Preakness and then Tracy Flick the one horse in the whole top today love Tracy Flick that's awesome Peter same question for you anything before the Preakness. Yeah, let's start with one today. I like that uh, Chris model there. We're going to talk about race number 13 tonight, the Black Eyed Susan. This will be 544 Eastern. And I like Army Wife in this spot. This one comes out of a race that's uh, shown good form in New York. She had a lot of trouble in there, stopped for run at a crucial stage. Like the jockey switch to Rosario in the pace scenario today. I think Army Wife can go well at a big price in the Black Eyed Susan. And moving on to tomorrow, I, I concur with the idea that Bye Bye Melvin is a good one to keep on side in the race before the Preakness. I'll go the race before that, and we'll talk about the Maryland Sprint Stakes. For a pick three, let's use two runners in there to get things kicked off. The two, Yodel E.A. Who, uh, a fancifully named runner that I think should get a good pace scenario. And Strike Power, who I think just might be the fastest horse in there. We'll start with the 2-5 in the middle leg of our pick three. We'll use uh, Bye Bye Melvin and that one that Chris wasn't so sold on, Sacred Life. And then we'll talk about the Preakness in a bit. All right, Flatterman, for you, anything? Yeah, um, and I haven't had a lot of time to handicap this thing because I've been a little busy with Baffert Gate this week. But other than that, <laughs> you know, scrambling here and looking, and the Maryland Sprint intrigues me as well. But I'm going to go uh, a different direction and go with Breezy Gus, thinking that 
that horse can be out on the lead for Danny Velasquez. Joel Rosario will be riding. Had a three-race winning streak snapped last time out. But I'm thinking a little bit of local knowledge at the track from the part of the trainer. And just that uh, the way the weather's been here, it's been so beautiful. I mean, there, I don't know if there's enough water to water the track because it's been so nice here. There was supposedly a threat of rain earlier in the week. Didn't come. Supposedly was going to be a threat of rain tomorrow. Now that's out of the forecast. So I'm thinking the either both the, uh, the, the the dirt will be fast and the turf will be firm. And I think that can play into the, the feet, as it were, a breezy gust in uh, the Maryland uh, sprint working on the main track there uh, at Pimlico. All right, Ron. So obviously we had both uh, you and Peter on earlier this week to talk about the fallout from the Kentucky Derby and all the controversy surrounding Medina's spirit uh, being administered beyond the allowed uh, dose of the anti-inflammatory beta-methasone. Medina Spirit, though, running in the Preakness from the number three post position, a 10-horse field. Bob Baffert's other horse, Concert Tour, from the number 10 position. Both are the short shots at the Preakness. Uh, first of all, Ron, what happened ultimately to allow Medina Spirit to run in this? We're still now that ultimately, but we're at the point where now you're innocent until proven guilty. He had three drug tests, and the first one came back negative. Clean test. So in theory, if you presume that in a split sample case that one of them came back dirty, that the other one will, presume that these second two tests on Medina Spirit and Concert Tour and Beautiful Gift Today in the Black Eyed Susan, well, if they were clean for the first test, you got to figure that they weren't going to be giving them anything that's going to make them dirty for the second two. And so by 3.30 today or something like that, Eastern time, we're supposed to hear the results of those other tests, and we're anticipating they're going to be clean. So that being the case, making that presumption, I like concert tour. Now, I've, I've, resigned, I've revised my picks a little bit because I've been resigned to thinking that, okay, I was, I was liking some Chad Brown horses. So as the arc of the week has gone on, I thought, no, I'm going to go to a Baffert, but I'm going to go to the better Baffert. I think Concert Tour is the better horse than Medina Spirit had he run in the Kentucky Derby. I think he would have either done better than Medina Spirit or created a speed duel that would have changed the race entirely. Uh, also, if Rock Your World had gotten out of the gate, that would have changed the race entirely. But with a 10-horse field, I think it's going to be a cleaner break for everybody. And I like Concert Tour to get the lead out on the uh, outside with Mike Smith, his new jockey, and to keep it much the way the Medina Spirit did in the Derby. Chris. And what Concert Tour does in terms of tactics is an amazing, it's a million-dollar question. I, I, the only way Concert Tour is relevant in this race is if he goes to the front. But if he goes to the front, then he is completely uh, making Medina Spirit, the Derby winner, vulnerable by potentially pressing him into the ground. Uh, I don't think Concert Tour can pass horses. Uh, I think this horse needs the front, and I think Medina Spirit's going to be on the front. Uh, I think Midnight Bourbon is a horse with the jockey change to Orrad Ortiz. The only two wins he has in his lifetime are both gate-to-wire type of runs. Uh, I'd be, I, I, don't, I may not be right about anything tomorrow, but the one thing I know I'm going to be right about is Midnight Bourbon's going to be on the lead. So I don't think it's going to be an easy trip at all for, uh, for Medina Spirit. And, and I, I think a horse coming from off the pace uh, is potentially the, uh, the winner here. But, but unwilling to commit to that horse. Oh, 
no, no. I, I, I wasn't sure if you wanted my pick. Oh, now, yeah, yeah. We're going to wait. But yeah, let's get yeah, your no. pick. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I made, I made the four-horse crowded trade. My, uh, my, my top pick in, in the race for Chad Brown and Javier Castellano. It's a horse that was uh, unraced at two, won his debut earlier this year, uh, like a good thing, was favored in the Gotham, kind of got stuck on a, on a quirky, weird surface at Aqueduct where it looked like he was a winner, and then uh, the speed of the bias kicked in, and he ran second, just beaten. Uh, was 3-1 to one in the wood, had a terrible, terrible trip. Uh, well, look, Chad Brown and Javier Castellano have done business before along with Claire Rich Stables of winning this race in 2017 uh, with cloud computing. And remember, don't be afraid to use price horses to win or run second in this race. If you go back over the last eight years, every single year there has been a horse double-digit odds in the exacta, first or second. And over that span of the 24 horses that have run in the trifecta, You've had 13 of them that, that were at least 9-1. to one. So this is a race where prices hit the board because people overbet horses that may have had a bad trip in the Derby or, or, or something like that. They, they see something that happened in the Derby that may cause them to think, oh, this is a previous horse now. So don't be sucked in by that. But uh, a crowded trade at 10-1 to one in the morning live is my uh, topic. All right, and finally, uh, Peter Fornatel from the In the Money Players podcast, wherever podcasts are distributed. Peter, how do you see this? I see it very similarly to Chris, especially in terms of the pace scenario. I think it's kind of unknowable as to what's going to happen with those two Baffert runners, but I'm sure hoping that Midnight Bourbon does what Chris thinks he's going to do, and that's go straight to the lead. Because I think the way to get interesting about this race is to predict that the pace is going to be very fast and there are horses who are going to be running late. I don't mind getting stuck into a horse at the short end of the odd spectrum if I can see the trip and know the trip and be confident they're going to get that trip. I can't do that here, so I'm going for a price. For me, I think the interesting late runner, while I fully respect Crowded Trade and will be using him as well, but for me, one of the longer shots on the board, keep me in mind, super interesting. Coming out of the Derby, I feel like he was against the flow there. The front runners did very well. He stuck on from the back of the pack, was only beaten six lengths, closing well. I think he can run on and get a piece. I'm going to play keep me in mind to hit the board in this year's Preakness. That's really my my, my main idea. And if things break just right, maybe this could win, could win for us at a very big number. I think I'm betting Medina Spirit and Concert Tour both and letting the gods beat me. And if I can get – if I'm beat – Okay, tip of the cap, but I'm going Baffert and Baffert and see what happens because I'm just not going to get beat by a Baffert horse again. Let me just ask all of you, and I'll throw this out, and all of you can chime in. Um, how awkward is this going to be if Medina Spirit wins with a triple crown pending? Ron? Uh, it's going to be interesting if Kentucky could ever find the you know message in a bottle to wash ashore on the Ohio River to actually get a test result because they can get them done here in eight days. I don't know what's taken so long in Kentucky. But I wonder if they'll sit on it until after the Belmont, if they'll release it immediately. Who knows? I mean, that's just it's like waiting for the white smoke, right? It will be awkward. And if it's if, you know, it will Bob show up at Belmont. I asked him this earlier this week and he says, yeah, I think I will. He hasn't shown up here in Baltimore. So now you're going to get a media circus out of it. And if the ruling comes down from Kentucky that they take the number down and then the legal action begins, then, yeah, Katie, bar the door. So, yeah, will it be awkward? Yeah, damn right. I'm always into a Katie bar the door reference. Um, 
We'll, t- we'll, we'll bring Ed Stanko and Vinny Maliula later on the show because they'll chime in on this as well, see what they say. Ed Stanko, the, uh, the owner of the 2013 Kentucky Oaks winner uh, back in the day, Princess of Silmar. So we'll, we'll talk to him uh, as well on this. Um, Chris and Peter, it, 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 you know, how, how do you feel? Peter, I'll close with you, actually, because we only got 60 seconds here. But how awkward for the sport, and how do you feel about your sport right now? Well, you can't feel great about it, Gil, and, it, and it's a shame, and it's really a no-win situation. Whatever happens in the Preakness this year, this cloud, this black eye is going to stick with us, and, it, and it's very, very unfortunate. I mean, there's, I don't have too much more to add at the present time than this. We'll just deal with it one step at a time, but truly a no-win situation. People are going to have choice words, and we look bad no matter what happens. All right, there it is. Peter Fornital from the In the Money Players podcast. Thank you, sir. Ron Flatter from uh, Baltimore itself, uh, where hopefully he doesn't end up on the infield at Pimlico with all the <laughs> shenanigans that happened there. Uh, Chris, do me a favor if you could stick around because I want to get I want to talk hockey with you, if you will, because I know you have some hockey thoughts, uh, first round series, and I don't know, maybe a soccer pick. We'll do that next. How about that? Yes. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right, Chris Felica standing by. We'll do that. We also have soccer picks from uh, Paul Carr coming up. Baseball from Mark Borchard, Vinny, Ed Stanko, and I got some props in the NFL to get to. Uh, will the Texans go 0 and 17? Will the Chiefs go 17 and 0? Will the Lions go 0 and 17? Will the Bucks go 17 and 0? We got all of that. And comeback player of the year that slipped through the crack- cracks this week. We'll do that as well. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. to a numbers game with Gil Alexander. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Off air, I was like, uh, I'm down with I'm down with MGM. And behind the glass without missing a beat goes, I'm down with them. Was it? I'm down with MGM. Yo, no, now you know them. She said, that's right. Down with OPV. I botched that. Sorry. The second leg of the Triple Crown is this weekend. Tomorrow, by the way, and first bet's the perfect place to start your betting action. Sign up now and you'll get analysis and wagering on every race with AI-assisted picks, secure payments, attentive customer service, and a reliable website. And to celebrate the Preakness, first bet's giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now through May 15th using the promo code VEGAS20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to VEASAN subscription products for free from now through the Belmont Stakes three weeks from this weekend. Go to VEASAN.com slash horses for details. That's V-S-I-N.com slash horses and use promo code VEGAS20. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. Los Vegas 14. Yo, celebrating my birthday and the three-year anniversary of PASPA being overturned. This sports betting thing is going to be something. <laughs> He's uh, paraphrasing my line there on that. Yeah, it's the three-year anniversary of PASPA being overturned. And again, May 14th, 2018 was the morning that producer number three, Jorge Mondaca, and I, uh, all that year, all that spring, we had to prepare two shows for the mornings where the Supreme Court was going to actually pull the cases they were going to address out of a box. That's how they do it. We're in the 21st century. That's how they do it in the Supreme Court. And May 14th was one of these days we had to plan for two shows. 
And I looked across, and there was Jorge, and he had this look on his face, and it was going down. So three-year anniversary of PASPA being uh, overturned, sports betting in this country has obviously never been the same. Bruce Dobigan, there's a horse running in the 11th at Pimlico today called Tracy Flick at 6-1. to one. Yeah, Felica was just talking about it. Uh, why horse racing can't do something with this is an indictment of the sport. Uh, here, here on that. And finally, John Fitzgibbons, a great lineup today on the show. So after the Man City stoppage, time goal is Paul Carr breaking up with the under in the Chelsea game, or did he get redeemed by the Arsenal match? Happy Friday. We'll find out from Paul later this hour. Chris Felica stands with us. Uh, Chris, you have a soccer play. I do, but before before I get to that, I was going to say, you're talking about the uh, Medina Spear and the great black eye. Could you imagine if Mandaloon were actually running this week? Yes. And the assumption is that he's going to get put up to be the official one of the Derby. Like, you could have, like, two horses running in here, or maybe if they win, could potentially be running for a triple crown, but we don't know. Like, right. well, the whole thing is just a complete... Like debacle, I almost wish that would have happened for horse racing. Say to just add to the ridiculousness of oh, what goes on in the sport. Well, you're so right. That would have been so cool because Mandaloon could have perhaps retroactively won a triple crown. By the way, Jason Conoff Air said, "What if uh, what if Medina Spirit finishes last? Imagine that chatter, you know." After. Yep. So there's all that. Exactly right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with Medina Spirit as well. Like if you like Medina Spirit tomorrow, you're going to get a good price on him because. You and I talk about this all the time, and he, like, people like to bet on what they want to have happen right. as opposed to what will happen. And you got a group of people that either, A, want to see this horse lose and want to root against him and won't bet on him, or, B, you've got a group of people that think the only reason he won the Derby was because he was juiced out of his mind, and now he's not going to be juiced, and he won't win the Preakness. So you're going to get probably 2-1, to 5-2 to two at least, I think, on Medina Spirit tomorrow. So if you, if you like the horse, uh, you're going to be rewarded if he wins. Hmm. Back, okay. to the, back to the soccer, though. Yes. Back to the soccer, though. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Sunday. I'm going to go to La Liga over in, in, in Spain. I'm going to go with the uh, under two and a half in Atletico Madrid Osasuna. Uh, Atleti is in a position where they really need probably just four points to clinch the La Liga title. They, they got a three-goal advantage on Real Madrid, who was in second. And Diego Simeone, they're getting back to their ways of get a goal and just win one nil, two nil. Osasuna doesn't score very many goals. Like the worst thing, they're in, they're in that gray area where they're not going to play in the Europa League. They're not going to get relegated. They're kind of just playing out the string. So, so like it's a perfect spot for Atleti just to kind of go out and get a goal, win one nil, win two nil, and then uh, they face a team that's going to get relegated in the final weekend of the season. So they're in a great spot to just kind of go out there and just make sure they don't allow a goal to lose. All right. Atletico Madrid under on Sunday. And real quick on hockey, um, did you have, you know, Andy McNeil, our hockey guy, he doesn't love the first round. He says maybe some value on Boston. What do you like? Yeah, the, the one thing that I did like, and Andy is right, I didn't see a bunch either. I like Nashville uh, laying that 260 series price against against. I'm sorry, Carolina laying the 260 against Nashville in the uh, in, in the series. Look, Tervain is back for for the for the Hurricanes now. Uh, I know Nashville put together that great run to uh, to make the playoffs, but if you look at that, there was a lot of Detroit, a lot of Chicago, a lot of Columbus, a lot of Dallas, all non-playoff teams. And I know they did beat Carolina the end of the regular season in games that meant nothing for the Hurricanes, and they kind of sent Pecorini out with the, the, the shutout win in the final regular season game. Uh, 
Carolina special teams, power play, and penalty kill are among the best in the league. Uh, they got such a depth of scorers, whereas Nashville, on okay. the other end, they are not very good in special teams. So in the playoffs, it's a massive thing. So I'm going to lay the 260 series price with Hurricanes uh, against the Prince. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. We'll come back. Soccer and NFL props next. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. The, pre- the, the Preakness, rather, is tomorrow, and the Beast and Horse Racing experts are analyzing the horses, jockeys, track conditions, starting positions, and prior race results to find the betting edge. Whether you play the horses every week or maybe do the whole thing where you search for terms like exact and trifecta maybe once a year, our team is here to get you ready to make your best bet on the Preakness. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners, and picks. From horse racing specialists, and we got a bunch of them, including Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, who was kind enough to just join us, Jeff Siegel, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plonk. That's vsin.com slash horses, vsin.com slash horses. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, we Some NFL props with all the schedule release, and uh, man, isn't that interesting. Also for, you know, even for handicapping purposes, that's why we go through the schedule release. Uh, to learn about the quirks of each team's schedules, who got the best of it, who got the worst of it. Um, but with all of that, we, we let some props slip through the cracks, one of which was NFL Comeback Player of the Year, which is available at DraftKings. This obviously should be named after Alex Smith, for goodness sakes. Should be the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year award. Uh, Dak Prescott is your short shot at plus 175. I think that is appropriate. What this award really comes down to this year is it, 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 this awkward assessment of coming back from which injury would mean more to all the voters, to each voter. So Dak Prescott's at plus 175. He the most high-profile and perhaps gruesome of the injuries. And I only say that because you're handicapping voters here, and that's going to matter. So if Dak Prescott lights it up, well, he should be plus 175. He should be the short shot. Everybody else is 5-1 to one or longer. Nick Bosa, 5-1. Um, to one. Saquon coming back from his knee injury. He's at 6-1. to one. Christian McCaffrey coming back from his injury, 6-1. to one. But Saquon's injury is going to be deemed worse than Christian McCaffrey's. One, he missed more time. And really, two, he missed more time. Those, that's the only thing that really comes to light with that. More gruesome injury, perhaps. Joe Burrow, 7-1, to one, coming back from a blowdown knee. But now with Joe Burrow, and again, this, this award is strange, right? It's already a strange award because you don't know what people value in comeback player of the year. But with Joe Burrow, will people say, well, he only played a handful of games as a, as a rookie. He doesn't have the, the same pedigree and the same years logged as Saquon and, and even more so than that, Dak. So what would it take for Joe Burrow to get the comeback player of the year? He would have to light it up, too. But I just think he would be sort of assessed differently. Carson Wentz, 10-1, uh, to 1, coming back from being terrible in Philadelphia post-injury. Sam Darnold, I'm not exactly sure what you'd be coming back for, coming back from. What are you, coming back from Adam Gase? So I, I just find it hard to believe that Sam Darnold could win this award. Um, and Derwin James... If you go back to the list, guys, Vaughn Miller and whoever was back there at the bottom, you know, just you wonder with some of these guys, Joe Mixon's going to win this award? No. Other screen on this, because there, there's a whole bunch more uh, op- you know, uh, options here on Comeback Player of the Year. Um, and we'll just flash that other screen up real quick, guys. 
But you wonder, like Daniil Hunter, for uh, Daniil, Daniil Hunter's not winning this award. Tim Tebow, like what's he's coming back from being away. Jameis Winston coming back from having a career and then not having a career. So anyway, I won't belabor this prop, but really this is going, it's a, it's a strange year because there's so many injuries at the top of that board, and I think it's appropriately priced. So I would not uh, I would not make a wager here. Jimmy Garoppolo's, you know, is another one there. It's like, but really? What's he really coming back from? That would be a bigger narrative than Dak coming back from something or Saquon coming back from the injuries. Uh, the other one, this is more recent now. This is also available at DraftKings. We went through all the schedules. We went through all the nuances. And again, the Carolina Panthers with the best of it uh, this year in terms of, um, you know, having the most, what's the term we used? The most um, rest differential, a plus 13-day rest differential for the Carolina Panthers relative to their opponents over the course of the year, tied for the highest rest differential among all team schedules since 2002. That even with, or that knowing, though, that there's an extra game this year, but still. So that's a huge advantage for a team like Carolina. Um, and remember, a team like New England, the Patriots are the only team that played three teams off by, so they got the worst of it because they got to play three teams that are well-rested. But um, these made it through to DraftKings. You know, the notion of 0-17 or 17-0. The Texans, to have an 0-17 record, 25-1. to The Lions, to have an 0-17 record. Sorry, Lions fans. 33-1. to The Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions, to have a 17-0 record. 66-1. to I would never bet that. Nor would I bet the Chiefs to have a 17-0 record at 40-1. to those are way too difficult. But do we have the Texan schedule? Because let's go to that one. Because I think that's the one that's viable. 25 to 1 on the Texans to have an 0-17 record. Would you bet that one? Because I wouldn't bet any of the others. Yeah. But can we show the Texan schedule, if you would? Because the Texans opening game, if you remember, they are a home dog to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And by the way, the Jaguars have taken money, right? That's gone from 1.5 to 2 and even 2.5 in some, in some places. And if you look at that Texan schedule... Where's the win? Maybe week one, home against Jacksonville. Because other than that, there's a home game against the Jets week 12, and there's the road game, obviously, against the division opponent Jaguars week 15. That's the list. Period. I don't see another possible win there. At least as we view this schedule in May. Now the question becomes, if, you, if you're down with that logic and you're like, oh, well, I agree with you, Gil, there's only really three opportunities, should I bet this now or should I bet this after week one? We talked about this a little on primetime action last night with Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin. Danielle was off last night. She's a little under the weather. Hope she's okay. Hope she can be back with us tonight. But the question becomes, will you, would you bet this now or would you wait till after week one? Well, obviously, if, if they win... There is no prop to bet, and you will have been the better for it. But if you feel like that's the only game they could really, that's their best shot at a win, week one home against Jacksonville, first-year quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, first-year head coach in Urban Meyer coming to your town, do you wait? You have to ask yourself, how far would it drop from 25-1 to just after that first loss? And I would imagine it would it would drop fairly significantly from twenty five to one to we thought maybe eighteen to one 
after week one. Maybe, maybe you prefer to take that strategy. Maybe you'd rather take the 18-1 to after clearing that home game against Jacksonville. Remember when we did this with the Jets last year? Will the Jets go winless? The Jets dropped all the way into minus money. They became a favorite to go 0-17, if you recall. And then, of course, they beat the Rams at home. Don't those of us who know that well, who had, don't know, don't those of us who had the Rams, I should say, in Survivor, know that oh so well last year late in the season. But that's the uh, that's the interesting one to me. 25 to 1, Texans winless. And remember, the commissioner has carte blanche to suspend Deshaun Watson no matter how his off-the-field matters are adjudicated in the courts. If they even if they even get to that, the commissioner can still suspend him. We'll come back. Soccer picks. EPL and beyond from Paul Carr next, the numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Bet on more than the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. You down with MGM? Yeah, you know them. One game parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. You can make one game parlay bets on upcoming MLS and NBA games with more sports coming soon. Log into your BetMGM account, create the parlay of your dreams before the game starts. New to BetMGM? Sign up today and be on the edge of your seat the entire game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line 800-889-9789. Skill Alexander, it is a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, great conversation yesterday with Jeff Schwartz, uh, the former NFLer who played for uh, five NFL teams for the better part of a decade, his brother Mitchell, most recently with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and we talked about different things with the schedule, like what's a thing and what's not a thing. And it's great talking to a former player about that stuff because as handicappers, or at least being around handicappers for as long as many of us have been, hearing all these theories when we get to the NFL season, what matters, what doesn't. And I thought it was, you know, there were so many little tidbits. One was, you know, do bad teams get up for prime time games, specifically late in the season, because, oh, it's their last chance to be on a national stage to showcase themselves. And he thought that was a bunch of bunk. And I just, <laughs> I've been waiting 10 years to dispel that. Thought that was one interesting thing. Um, the other one, and this was just, you know, we talked about several things, but one of them had to do specifically with the Miami Dolphins. And we bring in Paul Carr here from the Expected Value Podcast, who we don't have the pleasure of seeing today. He's on the road, um, but Paul uh, ready to give us some soccer picks. The Dolphins go to the U.K. to take on Jacksonville. So two Florida teams mm-hmm. travel across the pond to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, the teams that go to London have the option of whether or not they want to buy the following week. And the Dolphins said, no, nah, we're cool. Yeah. We're, we're okay. Give us another game week seven right after our U.K. game. You like that? Uh, you know, I, I was a little – it raised my eyebrows too, I think, like you're saying. And then there was an article – I want to say it was in the Miami Herald about 
and it said they had talked to you know, dolphins inside or something. They said they preferred it just because they thought it was easier coming back east to west than it was uh, the other way around, like almost easier that way than to go to the west coast and then come back. So that was their logic was that coming back that direction, the, time, the way the time zones work, it's a little easier to adjust on the short week coming that way. So, I mean, it sounds good. You know, I don't, I don't know that there's science. Uh, one way or the other, at least from a you know NFL results perspective, but that at least explained it a little bit to me. Yeah, and Jeff thought it was he thought he agreed with it. He was like, yeah, it's too early in the season. You know, maybe if it was later, I'm paraphrasing right. now, but but he didn't. He thought the extra couple hours of travel uh, travel was uh, yeah. that too much was made of that. Uh, Jacksonville obviously yeah. with a uh, with a a following. And it's in not. Yeah, you're on the East Coast going to. Uh, London, you know, it's not that bad a flight. You know, I, I've made the Miami to London trip a couple times. I mean, you know, it's it's a little longer just because you're going north south, but those east coast to London trips really aren't all that different from east coast to the west coast in yeah. a lot of places. No, you're right. It's like seven hours, if I'm not mistaken. So really, not that big of a deal. Um, but I thought it was an interesting thing because we haven't seen that in recent years. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you got to buy after the after the London game. No, the teams have a choice. And the right. Dolphins said, Dolphins said, no, thank yeah. you to that. All right, so we have uh, the Premier League back in action, but the first yeah. thing, the first thing we got to address here is because we got we got a tweet. I read it earlier, and I said, "Well, Paul Carr will mm-hmm. be here personally to answer this." Uh, but the tweet was basically uh, <laughs> after the Man City stoppage time goal is Paul Carr breaking up with the under <laughs> in the Chelsea game. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else, yeah, someone else said the same thing. It felt like it was a betrayal. Yes, like, that's had a, this great relationship, Chelsea unders and. Then they score and stop. It's time to ruin it. So, uh, <laughs> Betrayal. I'm not breaking up with them yet. But, yeah. You know, things are getting starting to get a little bit rocky. So now let, let's be clear. Chelsea doesn't play a yeah. Premier League game until Tuesday. So we're yeah. not talking about that game right now. We're yeah. talking about Chelsea in the FA Cup. Is this? Yes. Yeah. This is the FA Cup final. This is the last one. And this even confused me because I just had a crazy week. And I'm looking at the schedule. I see Chelsea and Leicester are playing. And I know they have a league game on Tuesday. But these same two teams are actually playing in the FA Cup final on Saturday. So this is a one-off final. Uh, It's the championship game, you know, of a tournament. So I think this will be – I mean, you've seen Chelsea in these knockout games the last few weeks. And they're very cagey. So I expect this to be the same sort of thing, low scoring. Uh, you know, finals tend to be that way anyway. So I, I still like the under here, under two and a half. I got it at minus 130, I believe. <laughs> I will never get used to this whole, they play the FA Cup final on Saturday. Same two teams back in their standard league, the Premier League on Tuesday. Yeah. Like it, it insults the American uh, sports fan <laughs> mind. Uh, but you, So the answer is you're not breaking up with them. Uh, you're playing the under, Chelsea. Leicester City in the FA Cup final, which is tomorrow? Uh, yes, yeah, Saturday, yeah. Okay. And the under, that's the 90 minutes. That's not if it goes extra time. That's, that's right. 90 minute under. Okay. So let's, uh, let's be clear there. Paul is okay with the betrayal. He lets one slippage. <laughs> Maybe if it happens again, different story. Uh, first yep. time, what is it? What's the exception? Fool me once, you know the, you know the expression. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Premier League itself, though, this weekend, you have a three-pack. Where are we going first? Yeah. Yeah, so we're going Burnley and Leeds, which is tomorrow. I'm playing the over two and a half at minus 135. This is a game where neither team has anything to play for. Like Burnley is safe, Leeds is in the middle of the table, and I just think this is going to be a, this one's going to get weird. I mean, Leeds tends to play these wide open games anyway. They have the most total expected goals in their games all season. Uh, Burnley is generally kind of keeps it tight, but six of the last seven games have had three or more goals. Uh, last two Leeds games have had seven goals each. So I, I just think this one gets weird. You're going to get over two and a half. 
on playing that at minus 135. Yeah. By the way, I don't know this anecdotally, but I don't, have you ever had a pick involving a Leeds game ever? It's a seems like Ooh, the first time. I, I, yeah. I, I feel we have one or two this year off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah, not a lot. All right, Burnley leads over two and a half. That is tomorrow. Again, Paul's price minus 135. Always shop around. Number two, also tomorrow. All right, so I'm getting back on the Brighton train, which has not always been kind to me this year, I admit. Uh, Their underlying numbers are a lot better than their results have been this season. I like Brighton to win against West Ham. The price I got is plus 195, around plus 190. Now, West Ham is technically alive in the top four race, but not really because they got to jump several teams. Uh, I just think this is a nice price, and I feel like you're getting it because West Ham still has a little bit more to play for. But Brighton is a solid team. They have been all season. And, you know, I think they win this one in three times. So I think the price is good. If, if uh, you know, in the middle of the season, this I think would be closer to like plus one. 70 plus 160 something like that for a brighton win uh i like this price they're getting here brighton's been playing well lately and i think they can win this one against west ham i like that one plus 195 brighton uh clear of relegation one would assume here uh but uh playing well and you like the price at plus 195 against west ham and then finally on sunday yeah so this is liverpool at west brom so liverpool is making this late push to get in the top four and this is basically a must-win game at West Brom for them. So I think, I mean, we saw yesterday they played Manchester United and Keon just pushed the whole game. They beat them 4-2. They didn't let up. So I think we see more of the same here. West Brom's been relegated already. They stink. Uh, I like Liverpool minus the goal and a half here at minus 140. West Brom, I mean, they just they haven't been good against the top five teams, especially this year. Liverpool's going to push. They're not going to mess around with this game because they have to get the three points. So I like them. Minus a goal and a half at minus one forty here. Okay, so let's uh, and let's clarify what we're talking about with Liverpool and the motivation. Because yeah. at the beginning of the show, we were going through all the NBA motivation, getting into the postseason yeah. and seeding and all that stuff. All right, so there's either three or two games left in the Premier League season, depending on what team we're yep. talking about. In the case of Liverpool, there's three more games, but they're in fifth yeah. place. Man City's winning this thing. They're they're winning the yep, Premier they've, League. They've won it. It's right. over. Yep. It's over. But Man U, Leicester City, Chelsea, and Liverpool, the two through five teams, it's really, what is it? It's four teams competing for, yeah, yeah, what is it? Yeah, Manchester United's clinched the top four spots, so they get in Champions League next year. So the other three teams Uh, are all very tight, and just because of, like, Chelsea has to play Leicester in the league next week, so that helps Liverpool. You look at the projections, they're all in between 60 and 70% to get one of these three spots. So it's kind of wide open. That's why Liverpool has to win this game. You're playing the worst team in the league. I think they blow them out. And 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 the booby prize. If you finish fifth, the reason people are trying to get into these teams are trying to get in the top right. four is you don't you don't qualify for the Champions League, correct? Correct. Yeah, you go to Europa League. Uh, you know, I mean, there's also a chance we get really weird. Like Chelsea could finish fifth. They could win Champions League and beat Man City in the final and qualify that way. And they get five teams in, but. I mean, you, don't, you can't count on that, obviously. So, yeah, fifth place is the, it's the booby prize. You go to Europa League, which is less money, less glamour. Uh, you're playing in stranger spots in Eastern Europe and stuff like that on Thursdays. So, yes, the top teams don't want to finish this. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to drill down on what you just said about the roundabout way, Chelsea, <laughs> get in there because my head's going to explode. All right. There's just yeah. it's too many. Yeah, so go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, just the short version is the Champions League winner qualifies for the next season automatically. But, you know, 95% of the time, that winner is also qualified through the league. Gotcha. So it usually doesn't matter, but once in a while it does. You know, it happened with, I think, Liverpool 
few years back. By the way, that was one oh, of those. might have been Chelsea in 2012 or something. I literally just said gotcha to you, and it was half I actually understood, and the <laughs> other half was I'm not sure I want to understand kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah. go with Just nod your head and yeah. smile. Just go with it. Right <laughs> uh, no, no. It was a fine explanation. I'm, I'm being facetious. Yeah. All right. So here are Paul, uh-huh. uh, Paul Carr. By the way, you can follow Paul on Twitter, at Paul Carr, C-A-R-R. Uh, the name of the podcast is the Expected Value Podcast, wherever podcasts are distributed. Uh, here are his picks for the weekend in the Premier League, specifically tomorrow. Burnley over two and a half goals uh, in their game, uh, minus one thirty-five. Again, is his price. Shop around. Brighton, although seventeenth and just outside of relegation in the Premier League, they're playing well. And at plus one ninety-five, he likes them against West Ham. And then on Sunday, Liverpool giving the goal and the half against West Brom. And we just discussed Liverpool's motivation. They want to get from five at least to four here in the remaining few games of the Premier League season. And then the Chelsea under. That's the big one tomorrow. The FA Cup. Chelsea under, everybody. Two and a half goals in that one. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it, as always. All right. Thanks, Gil. Have a good one. Safe travels to Paul. Didn't get to see him today, but we wish him well on the road. Uh, Okay, we'll come back. Mark Borchard, baseball plays of the day. Full slate on a Friday. And, of course, we'll drill down some modeling rabbit holes, that's for sure. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.